everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree for all my stuff is in the podcast description. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow, and I greatly appreciate you checking out another edition of the podcast. This one is actually a bit of a milestone episode of sorts because it's episode 70, and it's crazy to say out loud because I started this puppy a couple years ago after initially starting this podcast back in 2012, and as we all do through life, I meandered, I took different paths, and ultimately, I had to continue to scratch this creative itch that I have to connect with people. I love music, I love conversations, and, and I love being inspired, and I, and I love trying to use my platform for positivity and, and using these conversations, hopefully, uh, to, to inspire other people to chase their dreams and their lives, persevere, move forward, overcome. And here we are at episode 70, man. I did sort of a soft boot of March 4th in 2019. I did a couple of episodes and then I shelved it again. And then when the pandemic hit and I was working and living in isolation, I just had that time with myself and the four walls that I live in. And I was like, man, there is no better time than right now to get back into this And the landscape has changed, obviously. There's tons of podcasts out there, and I thought, man, how can I really set myself apart? And that's where I was like, March 4th, perseverance, moving forward. And so the fact that we're at episode 70 now is just, it's crazy, but it's also a testament to just, you know, sticking to it and sticking with it and not giving up on it. When I got back into this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep it going. I'm not going to stop and start. I want to build an audience. I want it to grow in a positive way, not because I'm trying to get famous and do crazy stuff, but I I legit just want this platform to grow on the foundation of positivity, on the foundation of overcoming, you know, walking through the darkness to get to the light. And um, the fact that we're here two plus years later is uh, is awesome. From headbanging to twanging, man, from heavy metal to country to colleagues and friends of mine and business owners, people outside of the music realm, I've really tried to, you know, broaden my horizons with this podcast and and give a little bit of something for everybody and um, had my buddy John Brinkman, a.k.a. Randy Reno, a wrestler on the show last year, you know, so I'm I'm still trying to mix it up and get more athletes as well. But uh, all things considered, I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for all of you listening, for everybody who's believed in me, everybody who's encouraged me people who have just, you know, inspired me to keep going and the relationships that I've been able to develop with bands and artists and and the people that I've been able to meet just through pursuing my passions and pursuing what I love. It's a really beautiful thing, man. And I couldn't have done it, like I said, without all of the people who believe in me out there and the people who listen to the show, who like the show, who tell a friend to tell a friend and uh, subscribe, leave comments. Uh, it's It really means a lot, man. So thank you to all of you. I love all of you. I'm just very humbled and very grateful getting the opportunity to be featured in the Nashville Voyager uh, and share my story, which is the first time I've been on the other side of it as far as sharing my story and being interviewed. 
that was really cool. That's in my link tree if you guys want to check out that article about me and my path to where I am now and what I'm doing with the podcast. So it's really humbling, man. I'm very fortunate to be in the Music City in Nashville, and uh, I just can't wait to see where things go. And I'm just so happy and grateful, like I said, for everybody who's checking out the show and enjoys it. And if you're a first-timer on this podcast with this episode, thank you so much for joining. It's going to be a fun one, and I get excited about all of my guests because I really genuinely love doing this but this guy is an old friend and a former colleague at Toledo Sports Network we've known each other for literally almost 12 years at this point I was just a pup just getting into the broadcasting game when I met him way back in 2010 he is none other than Steve Taylor of Keeping It Real Sports you can watch him every week on his YouTube channel which is Steve's TV with a Z the link will be in the podcast description he does a weekly sports talk show with Andy Sanzada, who he met at the beginning of his broadcasting career with BCSN, which is Buckeye Cable Sports Network in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio. And Steve is a guy that um, is just somebody that when he walks into a room, man, he just has this presence. And I I remember the first game that I I did with him with uh, Toledo Sports Network was at a high school called Springfield, where I'm from in uh, Toledo. It's one of the suburbs And he just walked in that booth like he owned it, man. We went on the field before the game. He's talking to the coaches, really getting insight into the game and how they see the game and how they want it to play out. And uh, we really fed off each other in the broadcasting booth. And he's actually a return episode, or excuse me, a return guest um, for this episode of the podcast. He was on a couple years ago when I got back into doing March 4th during the pandemic. So he's been on the show before, and he was actually on it Uh, a few years ago too before I moved so Steve's been kind enough along my path along the way with this podcast Uh, like I said even when it was Bauman's Breakdown to come by the show and really I wanted to get him back on the podcast and it it just so happened to be that it was going to be episode 70 so it's kind of cool that it synced up with that anniversary as far as uh, me having 70 shows deep now with March 4th but uh, sorry my nose itches real quick I ain't going to edit this out. I don't know why. Every time I start to record, I either have a nose itch or my eye starts like twitching. It's crazy. But uh, I was happy to get Steve back on, and I wanted him to get on the podcast again because, as I mentioned, he's got a show called Keeping It Real Sports that you can watch every week on YouTube. You can watch it live. I believe they do it on Saturdays, and then if you miss it live, it's still up on his channel at Steve's TV. But he and Andy Sanzada who he does the show with, they really bounce off of each other very well, and they cover everything, man, from basketball to football to boxing to UFC, wrestling, golf, you name it. Uh, They're based in Ohio, obviously, so they talk about, you know, the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit teams, um, you know, being in uh, the Toledo area, but, uh, but they cover a lot, man, and Steve is a guy that has a lot of knowledge. He's a huge L.A. Rams fan. Andy also has a broadcasting career in his own right uh, that's that's gone back a, a, a ways. I, like I said, these guys met at BCSN, and I think that was 20 years ago, like 2002. So when Steve started doing Keeping It Real Sports, I want to say it was about a year ago, and I remember him reaching out to me when he first started doing it you know, to check out the episodes that he was doing. And it's really cool, man, the transitions that they put in, the B-roll footage that they put in. I, I mean, it's so cool what you can do nowadays on your own you know you don't have to wait anymore for somebody to hire you at a radio station or somebody to hire you at some network now with youtube and instagram and 
the equipment that you can get, it's just really cool how you can start a podcast or you can start your own show. And I, I just think keeping it real sports is, is so Steve. If you know Steve, it's just so Steve, you know, just the confidence, the energy, uh, the passion that he has for sports. And so I wanted to, you know, have him come on this, this podcast and, you know, pump up his show a little bit and, and let my listeners know what he's doing and hopefully, you know, get some of the people that listen to my podcast to go listen to his show. So it was really cool to get him back on. Like I said, we've known each other for over a decade now. I was 22 years old, a couple of months out of college graduation. When I met him, I was completely green when it came to broadcasting. And uh, I didn't want to repeat the same conversation we had when he was on a couple of years ago, because we talked about you know, the, me starting out in Toledo Sports Network. Um, and uh, so this one, I, I really wanted to talk about, you know, kind of the state of things now with his with his show that he's doing. We talked NBA Finals. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors have, have won at the time that this has come out. It's a couple of weeks post the finals, actually. Well, yeah, about, about a week, week and a half post NBA Finals when this comes out. But, uh, but yeah, it was just cool to chop it up with them, man. It's, um, there's people in your life that, you know, every time you talk, it's like you just saw him yesterday. And like I said, we've kept in touch since I moved to Nashville and I've been, you know, keeping an eye on what he's doing and and the things that he's putting together. And, uh, I really like the show he's got with Andy Sanzata. So without further ado, I'm going to shove my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with the one and only Steve Taylor. Here it is. So this week's guest is my guy, Steve Taylor. Some of you may know him from Keeping It Real Sports. His YouTube channel is Steve's TV with a Z. He does Keeping It Real every week with Andy Sanzada, the Sandman. Steve, how you doing, man? Man, man, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Of course, man, of course. So, you know, we, we did an episode together as we were talking right before the jump. When I got March 4th going really during the pandemic a couple of years ago, you were episode seven. And now this is going to be, I believe, episode 70, man. So it's kind of cool that. Wow. Wow. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping it going and uh, and you're doing your thing with keeping it real sports. As of recording this, you guys will have uh, episode 37 coming out. And by the end of June, you guys will be what? That'll be episode 40. So both. Of absolutely. Us- absolutely. And- yeah. Every week, every Saturday morning, every Saturday morning, a new episode drops. Yeah, so so just talk to me about that, man. Over the the course of the pandemic, obviously, a lot of people had a lot of uncertainty, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And not to, you mm-hmm. know, get into the COVID stuff because I know everybody's sick of that, man. But we are starting to get back to more of a sense of normalcy. But just talk to me about hatching the idea for keeping it real sports because for people who don't know, you and I, you know, we go back. Our connection is from Toledo Sports Network. You obviously did stuff with BCSM before that. You've been on the radio in Toledo, Ohio. So talk to me about how Keeping It Real Sports got started with Andy, uh, excuse me, Andy Sanzata. Well, well, buckle up. Well, Keeping It Real Sports actually got started when the pandemic hit because I was, if you remember, I was doing a weekly radio show on ESPN Radio. Yeah. And they taught me how to do this from home which is the worst thing you could do for a guy like me, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you teach me how to do it. You know, for four years, I came into a studio and I had, a, uh, you know, 
a board op and he turned on the mic and I talked for an hour and a half, two hours, you know? So you taught me how to do it. And then I put the visual aspect to it. So when I, when I decided to do my own thing and kind of get away from the ESPN model, that's what I wanted to get out from under was the ESPN model. I don't want to break at the top of the hour. I don't want to break. I mean, I'm, I might be in the middle of a great take. I don't want to take a break right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so so that's kind of how Keeping It Real Sports came about. And then when I looked for a partner to start, I went back to where I started with sports in the beginning 20 years ago when I was with BS, BCSN. Andy Sanzada gave me that opportunity, you know, so come back around full circle. Um, when I wanted to do a bot podcast, you know, it was a no brainer. I, I mean, I had to go get to Sandman. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, for people who don't know, he's got a pretty decorated career in podcasting too. He's been doing it like 20 years. I, I read he got started out as it, uh, is it W E O I in, uh, the Cleveland area or excuse me, W E O L in 2002. He started out as a board op and a sideline mm-hmm. reporter, mm-hmm. and he eventually became the director of PR and broadcasting for the Dayton Bombers, uh, formerly the ECHL. And as you just mentioned, he did play-by-play for BCSN. So No, no, no. He was the director of oh, talent did. at okay. BCSN in okay. 2003. Andy Sanzada, he is the person who gave me my start in this business. Okay. If it wasn't for Andy Sanzada, I'm not sitting here today. Because I read, uh, I read that he did play-by-play, so I didn't, I didn't know that he was also director. Oh, he was the director. He was okay. the guy that put all of the talent together. So that's how you guys knew each other. You go back two decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys have the music connection as well. Because yeah, yeah. People- yeah, yeah, that's funny, too, because he played in a band with me as well. That's crazy, because, you know, so I, I had him play in a Motown group with me. You know, so, so yeah, me and the Sandman go back, man. I mean, when we say we're brothers, man, we, we mean that, man. It's, you know, that's, that's not fake, man. You know, you know, his mom considers me, you know, her other kid, you know, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. So did he play the trumpet in that band? Cause I read he played the trumpet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's pretty good. He's pretty good. You know, he, he keeps a low profile, but you know. <laughs> I have to keep him grounded. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. I have to keep him grounded. But uh, yeah, man, he dude's got his stuff on right now. Well, for people who are unfamiliar, so your YouTube channel, and again, people can check it out at Steve's TV and that's Steve's with a Z. It's sports talk. You can keep up with your favorite sports teams and players, learn to pick winners from inside information and everything from NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball, boxing, hockey, UFC. I know Andy's a wrestling guy, right? Ohio State. You're a big LA Rams fan, the Browns, because you guys are obviously based in, uh, well, you're based in uh, Toledo, Ohio. And uh, you can learn learn to break down film like a coach, man. So you really have all the bases covered. You guys have your segments, you know, the quick hitters and everything like so. So I think what's cool is, um, you know, just building on what you talked about before, the, the freedom, and, and that's what I love about podcasting, is like you said, it's, it's the freedom to make the format what you want it to be. You can break out of those traditional radio norms. And not that there's anything wrong with those traditional radio norms, but you know, for, for you, you mentioned Andy's experience, getting your, your start from him when he was at BCSN and you started at BCSN. Like, talk to me just about once you moved away from terrestrial radio and did this show, man, how you guys came up with you know, having the segments like radio, but just, again, having the freedom to shape the show how you want it to be, because you guys cover everything. 
Yeah. Well, well if you if you if you re- go back to it's it's a it's a combination of what I learned from Fox Sports because remember I did two years at Fox Sports as well, and then uh, a combination of what I did at ESPN, which was different from what I did at Fox. So I kind of combined the two together um, from what I did. And then I took that into what I wanted to do. So I kind of married all of that together. And I always knew that I wanted to be visual. So that's why you see a lot of, of visual with, with, with our podcast. You know, you'll see if we're talking about Aaron Donald, you'll see Aaron Donald. You may see footage of Aaron Donald, you a uh, B-roll of Aaron Donald. That's, that's kind of what we wanted. We wanted to be... Uh, um, a sports talk show that kept it real because I ain't gonna lie to you. If your team sucked, I'm gonna tell you your team sucked. It's just how it is. You know me, Mike. You know I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You know, and and I wanted that freedom, but I wanted to be able to uh, portray it my way, and I want to put my spin on it. You know, and so he and I, we do. We, I mean, heck, soon as we're done with the show, we're talking about the next week's production. You know, hell, Andy's got half the show loaded in for for. Saturday already in already, you know, you know, and we haven't done pre-production meeting, you know, so anything that we do, it's not an accident. We've talked about it. We've done it. You know, we, we, we meant to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so as far as, you know, being on Fox sports radio, ESPN radio in Toledo, what were some of the positives from those experiences? You mentioned, you know, marrying those two things together and taking it into your show. What were some of those things, man? Oh, man, just learning, just the learning aspect. I mean, you understand. I mean, man, you just imagine your first. I mean, I, I've heard you talk about your first um, telecast that you were on uh, uh, Toledo Sports Network. And then think about your last one, right, you know, right, right. night and day. You yeah. know, and then think about the journey in between. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what what happened. You know, you know, it's where I started and kind of where I ended and then the journey in between. And and, and what you learn, Mike, more so than what to do, you learn what not to do, you know. And so, I mean, have I had bad ideas? Heck, yeah, I've had bad ideas. You throw that out, you you know, you know, and you move on to the next thing. You know, you I do what, what works for me. What works for me may not necessarily work for you. Right, right. Talk to me, Steve, about finding your voice in broadcasting, because I don't you know, I I was listening back on some of our conversation that we did, you know, two years ago. And, um, you know, we were talking about how I got my start with you and you and I had like a natural chemistry right away. And you've always exuded this confidence. Like, I just remember you, you, you know, you'd walk on that field, like, like you owned it, man. And that, and that made (laughs) me feel that made me feel comfortable because I was a 22 year old green skinny dude out of college, you know, I had never been in front of a camera before. I had never been behind the mic before. And for, you know, you and Mick and Mike Jamison and, and the rest of the guys at, and gals that worked at Toledo Sports Network to take me under your wing, man. Like I wouldn't be doing, you mentioned Andy, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if not for you and Mike and Mick in particular, man, at Toledo Sports Network. So thank you. But tell me about, you know, obviously you're a huge sports fan, obviously, but tell me about just your style, your confidence, who, who are the guys, you know, and gals that you look up to, man, in, in the sports broadcasting world? Who were you watching growing up where you were like, not necessarily like, yo, I'm going to I'm going to cop that style. I want to be like that. But people who who you take from it that have inspired, you know, your your confidence behind the mic. Man. <laughs> it's funny. Man. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to sound weird, but but Howard Cosell. Yeah. You know, 
you know, uh, you know, you got guys like Hierarchos. And then when I, re- when I feel like, realized I could do it, it was guys like Stuart Scott. Stuart Scott was instrumental in what I do because Stuart Scott showed me that, hey, you don't have to be a stick in the mud. You can be you. You know what I'm saying? And then you were talking about the voicings and the many voicings that I have, because if you notice, I do have a lot of different voicings when I'm calling a game or, or te- on a telecast. Well, the whole thing is you have to be on the level to be able to tell a story the way the story is being unfolded in front of you. And if if a guy, if, if it's a, a deep fade and you say, oh, you know, well, it's a deep fade to Johnson, you know, and well, he catches it. It's a touchdown, you know, but it's deep, deep fade to Johnson. That's a great catch by Johnson. Johnson lays out and you know how we do it. Yeah. But that's what brings people to want to watch. And then the thing about what we did is we didn't take for granted that Miss Johnson knew what a deep fade were, was. So we would break it down. Well, and what we mean by deep fade is it's a deep pass. Now, what you'll see on the replay is the deep pass into the corner. That's what's called a deep fade. See, now you're educating people. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so that, that, that's part of broadcasting that, that, uh, that I kind of learned. And um, I, I guess that's you know, how I got to be where I'm at today. That's cool, man. Yeah, those those were formative years for me. Like I said, man, like I, I and, and they're eventually, you know, it's funny you mentioned from the first broadcast to the last one and the mistakes you make in between. Mm-hmm. I even brought it up the last time I talked to you. I still remember you threw it to me after the national anthem and I was already nervous because the game was at my alma mater and it was the first first basketball game I had done uh, at my alma mater. And I blanked on these kids' names, man. And I just, but I remember one of the biggest lessons I learned from you was I, I would always have my notes just like for this, and I'd always be prepared. And and eventually I learned from you, you were like, yo, Mike, you, you know, you got four quarters to get all this out, buddy. I, I know you you're can't excited. get it out in the first quarter, man. <laughs> you can't get it all out in the first quarter. I mean, you got all this information as a reporter, as a sports analyst, you want to get this all out. But you learn not to, you know, too much is, is you know, it's a time and a place for everything. You know, you're going to have dead spots to where you'll be able to tell that story. You know, I had a chance to talk to Mr. Johnson today and I asked him, what has Johnny worked on this summer? And what Johnny worked on, he worked on his deep shooting. He put up 503 pointers a day. These are the type of stories that people want to hear about their kids and about their loved ones as they're playing the game. I mean, you've been there. You know how to do this, man. You, you You're one of the best. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. And, and it was always fun doing games with you too, especially football, because I'm a huge basketball guy. Not that I'm, I'm like a big X's and O's guy, you know what I mean? But obviously I know what a zone defense is. I know what a pick and pop is, you know, what a back screen is. And what I loved about working with you, especially the football games, you know, and especially, you know, you, for people who listen to you and, and for people who don't listen to you, I'll, I'll let you in. Steve, Steve is always about the defensive backs. Like he knows what's going on in the back end of the defense and so I would always come prepared, knowing the stats, knowing the records, you know, knowing the previous matchups and whatnot. And there'd be pockets where I could throw in that information and you doing play by play. Usually I was doing color when I was with you. It, it just it filled in really well. You would set me up and it was kind of just it, it, it was cool. You know, it's like a rhythm. You know what I mean? Almost kind of like music, even though I've it's never played team, it or anything. You, gotta, you know, you, yeah. it's a team, bro. It's yeah. a team. Everybody has his place, man. You know, and that was the thing going back on your original question about me and Sandman. 
our chemistry on air was undeniable. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's just some things, you know, I mean, we made a a, 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 a spongy polo match sounded like Wimbledon, you know, I mean, that's just, just, that was our care for, for what we were doing, you know, and what we were, we would do on an average three to five events a week together. You know, yeah, yeah, there, there, there was a lot of chemistry between us, you know, you know, we saw each other a lot, you know. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of time together. A lot of time, man. We spent a lot of time together. And isn't that so much of what this is, man? I mean, like you said, I, I think there's people in anything, right? Whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's broadcasting, there's people that have natural ability. But just like anything else, man, you got to put in your, you got to put the time in, you got to put the work in, you really got to study. You know, I remember there'd be times where like, I wanted to, I wanted to have like a fun drop. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned Stuart Scott, you know, and his big thing was booyah. You know what I mean? Like I, I grew up watching him on ESPN and there'd be times where I'd want to fun, throw in like fun, fun stuff. Dude. I remember one time during a game and, and then I listened back and I'm like, man, I should not have done that. It didn't fit. I will never send this to anybody, but I think I threw in like a boom shakalaka kudwai thing from like dumb and dumber <laughs> after a guy made a, after a guy made a shot. Cause I thought, Oh man, that'd be so fun to throw that in. But it's like, there's just things that you learn of like, okay, not going to do that again. Going to do this again. Be you. That's the whole thing about it. And yeah. that's what I've always told you is to be you, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, have I, have, have I coined some phrases that, that I use a lot? Yeah. You know, um, um, I tried and buy it. That was, that was one of mine. He'll, I, he'll try it. He'll buy it. You know? Yeah. You know, um, but uh, yeah, you know, you you know, you, you don't reach outside of you, and that, that's the whole thing in this business is to be you. If you want longevity in this business, you got to be true to yourself, man. For sure, for sure. Because I think people can sniff when when you're not being authentic. You know what I mean? And that and again, that was just something that I learned over time with Toledo Sports Network. I, I never went into the gym trying to be anybody else or trying to emulate anybody else. Other than, like I said, there'd be times where I'd want to throw in something fun. And then I got to a point where I was like, no, man, you got to let the, the, the game breathe, you know, because just mm-hmm. like just like as a journalist, you know, because that's what I came from was writing initially before I got into broadcasting. It's like, you know, people, if it's a good story, they'll look at the byline. But at the same time, they're not reading the story because of the byline. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Because they're a fan of that team or they're a fan of that musician that I'm writing about not necessarily because they're a fan of me, but if, if the story flowed well or the game that they watch flowed well, they'll go, Oh, that Mike dude's all right. That Steve dude's all right. And that's what gets people coming back. You know what I mean? That's it. That's it. You know, um, I mean, to this day, when I show up at a Genoa game, they say, yeah, it must be a big game. Steve's here. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, and that's, man, that's, you know, that's a testament to, to, to the work I put in. And I appreciate that, man. For sure. For sure. When did you start to really feel comfortable behind the mic? You know, because people always talk about fake it till you make it. Like, when did you start to feel comfortable? Because did did the music come first before the broadcasting? So you already had that experience of being on the stage. How did that translate to being behind the microphone at a game? It it was natural. The second game, uh, I was calling an Anthony Wayne game. It was Anthony Wayne game, man. You know, I, and I knew early on that's what I was supposed to be doing. I knew I was supposed to be doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you just know, man. You just know. Um, man, you turn me on, man. You give me a mic and 
in the sporting event, man, and I tell the story. The sporting event tells the story. All you are is just a voice, man. You're just a voice, you know. <laughs> All you are is just a, you know, a facilitator, you know. I, I, and you're not really even a facilitator. You're just a, a, a mechanism, man, for uh, uh, I'm listening, man. I, I mean, the, the game is a story, you know. You, you're no bigger than the game. For sure. For you, I mean, just off the dome right now, what are some of your favorite either moments or games over the years? Because, I mean, you've obviously had a a pretty long career in this. You know, um, for me, it was, you know, I think it was Toledo Sports Network. It was about five years before I moved to Nashville. And then obviously I've been doing my podcasts and stuff. Um, And I started that back home. But, you know, there's a lot of great athletes over the years, especially from from Northwest Ohio, man. Um, Yeah, I have. In fact, I got one on the show Saturday, Saturday morning. I'll have uh, DeAndre Ware. He just won here Saturday night. A unanimous decision victory, um, moving to 15 and three. Um, I mean, Toledo is loaded with young boxers, man. I mean, man, man, these my, my little nephews, I call them my little nephews because, man, you know, I feel responsible for them. Jared Anderson, big baby, he's on the cusp of big things. He's been sparring with uh, with uh, uh, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Uh, my other little brother, uh, 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 Prince Albert Bell, just got back, he just got back from Australia, he was over there. Um, sparring with uh, George Cambosis in his title fight against Devin Haney last Saturday night. Um, man, we've got a lot of guys. Like Sonny Fredrickson is up and coming, man. Adrian Wilson, man, is up and coming, man. I mean, man, man these are my little young homies, man, that I have on the show all the time. Man. And if you notice, I haven't even mentioned Robert Easter Jr., you know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a hotbed of boxing here. But, you know, my, speaking of boxing, some of them, you know, my best events is is calling fights with James Buster Douglas. Uh, I had a chance uh, to call fights with uh, the champion, Bronco McCart. Had a chance to call Bronco McCart's last fight. I think you were on that telecast as well. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I called James Tony, Lights Out Tony's last fight. I called Clarissa Shields' first fight. I called uh, uh, Robert Easter Jr.'s first fight, his ch- first championship fight that he won in, in Erie, Pennsylvania. So, you know, man, man I've had uh, uh, the, the chance to call University of Toledo games, man. I went up west, uh, w- went up to the Upper Peninsula and, and called uh, uh, a uh, basketball tournament for uh, 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 the, the females out of, uh, 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 what is it, Weber State in, um, in um, Detroit. So, man, I've done a lot, man. I, I, I've been blessed to be able to do this, man, you know, and, you know, it's a lot, man, you know. I remember that Bronco McCart fight. I remember at one point <clears throat> during that broadcast, cause we were, our table was literally, literally right on the side of, of the ring and um, our, our, you know, equipment and everything is set up. It was me, you and Norm Waymer, I believe was with us. I think that Norm Waymer was the ring announcer that he, night. He was the announcer. Yeah. It was you, me and Mick Gonzalez. That's right. It was me, you and Mick at the table. And Norm was like the MC of the event. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at one point, man, you looked over at me during one of the, the, the bouts before the, the, the Bronco McCart fight and somebody got punched. It's a boxing match. And there was blood on your, <laughs> there was blood <laughs> on my on, scorecard, on your scorecard. You just yeah, yeah, I remember that. broadcast. You show yeah. it to me. There's a little bit of blood there. It was crazy. And and that was actually a moment that that sticks out to me, too, man, because you mentioned Buster Douglas. 
that was one of the first times in broadcasting that I, because I've learned over the years, man, people are people. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've learned this too as, as a musician, as you know, it's like people want to be treated like people. There's some people who have that star mentality, but people want to be treated like people. And that was one of the first times that I was kind of like starstruck because Buster Douglas sat with us because I believe it was his company or promotion company, whatever it was. He, he, he and was, Tommy Hearns. He yeah. and Tommy Hearns promoted that fight. Yeah, they put on that event. So he sat in with us, was cool enough to sit in with us, man. And just, and, and, and it just, you know, I remember at one point, you know, you kind of get, you get lost in your head sometimes, like mid event. I'm sure that's happened to you too, where you're like, you're no, you can't do that, Mike. No, no, you dude. can't do that. And I, I was like, I was like sinking in because you were talking to Buster and I'm, and like, I'm like, oh my God, Buster Douglas is sitting next to me right now, man. And I remember he shook my hand and you want to talk about a heavyweight fighter. Yeah. His, his hands are huge. Those were clubs, dude. Yeah, I, I have to send you the pictures of that night because I have pictures of his fist when he took a picture uh, with me and he had his fist up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but but see, he was telling me all along that, you know, that he didn't like he just want to be James. He don't care about Buster. He, he's not with that, man. You know, because you, you remember even when they caught him up to the ring, he was like, oh, boy, here we go again. He was you know, so humble, man. He really was humble. So humble, man. A lot of these fighters are, man. You know, you, you know, you'd be surprised, man. You know, you'd be surprised. And you were, I was just a little kid. Um, I was, cause that was, was that 1990 when he beat Mike Tyson? Like 1990. So, yeah. so yeah. at that time, you know, Mike Tyson, yeah. scariest dude on the planet. <laughs> Nobody was giving Buster a chance, right? Like, tell me that. Cause I'm sure you watched the fight. I yeah, was, yeah. I was well, see, old, you know, the, the thing was Buster's out of, you got to realize he's out of sense, uh, Columbus, Ohio. So he's from these parts. Okay. And then what people didn't realize is his mother had just passed away and like like really that was the wrong dude to be messing with at that time like mike could have picked anybody but him like that was the wrong dude to be dealing with that day and uh he was just ready man he was ready he had all the answers to the questions man you know and uh you know and he told me that man he told me you could see it dude you could see it you know you know we see i i don't I, I remember vividly, I was watching it with a good friend of mine and, and we were looking at his training regimen and we saw it was the middle of winter and he had frost on his beard. And we like, this dude is real, man. This dude mean this. Yeah. You know. Practicing in the cold, training in the cold. Oh man, yeah, he meant that. Yeah, yeah, he was on some rocky stuff that night, you know. Yeah, the highlights of that fight, man, where, where, you know, he's starting to catch Mike, like he catches him, and you're like, holy shnikes, you can see the crowd going, like, I can't imagine what it was like to beat there, man. <laughs> no, man, look, it, like, really, if you know how I watch fights, man, and how, you know, I look at fights, like, from the round, from the word go, it, it, it just didn't start materialize. It, I mean, from being that round one, the, that jab was in Mike's face. I'm mean, yeah. Go back and look at it, man. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he dictated, he made one mistake and Mike caught him with an uppercut, but go to show you how well he was trained. He popped right up and he commenced to jumping on Mike again. Is that still one of the biggest upsets you've seen in your lifetime in sports history? When you look at boxing? 42 to one, that's all I'm going to tell you. 42 to one. Yeah. <laughs> 42 to one. God, man. And Mike Tyson. And, and that's, what's crazy. If you watch those, those, you know, highlights of him, in the 80s he was he was scary man 
And you could tell, you could tell there were there were there were matchups where it was like he had guys beat before they even. No, no man, that dudes didn't want to fight him, man. No, he, no, no, dudes ran from him. The bell rang and they ran. The, 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 James Douglas was the first guy to walk to him. What was what was the fight where? Um, oh gosh, was it? Uh, God, I can't even think. Spinks, where? Um, um, Tyson came out like the the fight was delayed or something, and then he just came out to like a tone. It wasn't even like a song or like music. It was just like a boom. Like, uh, he just always did that, man. He put he just cut a hole in a towel and run out. God, man, he was fear, man. He he, he strike fear. He strike fear. God into you. I'm I'm still scared of Mike Tyson. Right yeah. <laughs> well, before we wrap it up, man, in the time we have left, thanks again, Steve, uh-huh. so much. Oh, anytime, man. I appreciate you having me, man. You know, with the, the the theme of this show being perseverance and moving forward, and I want to get into the finals and stuff with you. Obviously, when this comes out, the uh, the finals and everything will be over. But just mm-hmm. when you look over the course of your career, man, you know, you mentioned all the different experience you have, musician, broadcasting, you've done play-by-play, you've done color, you've done the terrestrial radio, now you're doing podcasting, and you guys have your YouTube channel. Like, you know, first question I want to ask is just advice you would give to, to young people who are coming into this business and then the second thing would just be, what are some moments along the way where you've really had to persevere, man? When you look at the man you are today versus the guy you were when you started, what are some of the, the highs and lows for you that you want to pass on to people out there? Stay humble. Stay humble. Because, you know, you know, as a young, as a younger person and you're in the light, you start to taking things for granted i've done that that's the mistake that i won't make anymore um man i'm i'm blessed to be able to man this is not a privilege and and to be able to persevere as long man i got 20 years into this business man you know i mean i'm I'm, i must be doing something right you know yeah but uh but but you man you you treat people man the way you want to be treated you know and 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 therefore you know even i a lot of times people want to jump to tell the story, man, if you know, and I want to be first to tell the story and, and I've been first before, but more importantly, I want to be right, man. You know, one thing that I can say in 20 years in this business, I've never had to come on and retract something that I said, you know, because I've thought about what I said, you know, and, 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 and any, any take that I've given or any information that I've given, I've checked it out tenfold before I portray that out. So that's one piece of advice that I would definitely tell you, man. Man, you know, just don't be in a hurry to be first. Just be right. Yeah, I think that's important too, because how often do we see that, you know, where people, whether whether it's, you know, regular news, sports news, everybody wants to be the first one. And then you see people go, well, wait, you know, a week later, something else comes out mm-hmm. and it's different and it's, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's funny you say that because when I was writing, as fun as it was to go to games and do game stories, you know, and get the stats at halftime and all that stuff and write the gamer, I always enjoyed the feature story more. And, and it kind of sounds like we have that in common, you know, excuse me, <clears throat> kind of sounds like we have that in common as far as you're talking about being behind the mic and letting the game tell the story. And, you know, you talk about how the parents, when we're doing high school games, they want to hear about their kid. Like that's to this day, this podcasting that I do now, it's like the truest form <clears throat> I feel like of the journalism that I do, because that was always the most exciting thing to me too, man, was like, all right, this dude scores 25 points and 
averages 10 assists and 10 rebounds a game, but who's the person behind that person? There you, you go. Know, there when, you go. What makes it, you know, you know, what makes him tick? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, um, like I, that, that, if you notice when I would talk to the coaches, I'd be like, tell me something that you want to come out about your team. Yeah. Not what I want to come out. Tell me something that you want to come. And it might be something that you might consider off the wall, but you, you know, that's important to them. And, 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 and then, his vision is being put across, man. Man, that's what it's all about, man. It ain't about you trying to be Stuart Scott, you know? Right, because there's only one Stuart Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was always the most – that's that's still to this day, man, especially doing these podcasts. Like, I, I like to let the conversation breathe and let the guest story come out because it's about them. It's not about me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I and it's just uh, – and you were a guy, like I said, that every time we were on the mic together, man, I always enjoyed it. Um, and for people who who don't know or aren't from where we're from in Ohio, and it's probably not too different from your town, you know, whoever's listening to this, but uh, high school football is huge in Ohio. And we would get a chance to do these games, whether it was Genoa or Eastwood. When we followed Genoa's playoff run, that was my first year broadcasting. I remember we did a game at Avon Lake outside of Cleveland, and they had yeah. an awesome high school stadium. Yeah, that, yeah. They remember had that a college stadium. before yeah, that they had game? A college co- yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that felt like we were doing it. We were on the scoreboard at the end, like with, with the video hookup. I mean, it was crazy, but it was like those those moments, man, I hold close because it was they were fun times, formative years of my life. But just there, I, I wish everybody could experience that once just that atmosphere of what it's like to show up at a game. The whole town is there. Everybody's going wild. Like, yeah, yeah. The town shut down, man. It's, it's, it ain't nothing more important than what's happening on that field right now. It's a beautiful yeah. thing, man. It's yeah. only only in Ohio. Only in Ohio, man. Friday yeah. night lights, bro. It's real. It's real. It's yeah. real. Yeah, man. Those those were those were fun days. Well, before we wrap it up, we're obviously in the middle of the NBA finals right uh-huh. now. As of listening to this, by by the time this comes out on uh June, I think it's twenty eighth that Tuesday at the end of the month, this will come out. We'll have a new champion. Um, I heard that you like Boston as well. I do. I, I picked Boston in six before the series. So do I have that correct that you like Boston? Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, the new champion will be the Boston Celtics. By the time this comes out, the new champion will be the Boston Celtics. See, the problem that the Golden State Warriors have is they can do Golden State Warrior type things. And we've seen that even in the third quarters that they've had. They, they do Golden State Warrior type things. If Boston doesn't turn the basketball over, and a Golden State, Golden State cannot beat them. The length of Boston on the defensive end is going to be debilitating for Golden State. We saw it happen uh, in the ga- in Game Three, to where uh, they had a Golden State type of third quarter, but in the fourth quarter they warmed down. That's what I mean by debilitating because the force that the Celtics play with for four quarters—they're coming at you for four quarters for four quarters and, and 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 that Williams and Williams connection is real brother I'm telling you it's real Robert Williams is the key to this whole series because they punish the smaller front line of the Golden State Warriors that is the one advantage there's nothing that Golden State can do unless they go go to bed tonight and wake up four inches taller ain't nothing they're gonna be able to do to be able to stop the force of Robert Williams you know and then what we're starting to see is the maturation of another superstar. Jalen Brown is turning into a superstar. He's flat out turning into a superstar. The way that he comes out, it's, it's almost like a relay race. He runs the first leg of that race, gets Boston out fast, hands that baton to Jason Tatum. He brings it home. 
I love what they do. The defensive nature, man, the force that they play with. Boston Celtics, man, to be your NBA champions. Yeah, watching the game last night, uh, Robert Williams really reminded me. He he was he reminded me of Ben Wallace the way he was playing. Blocking. Man, he blocked the dude's jump shot, man. Yeah. I mean, he blocked dude's jump shot, and I don't mean it just got out of his hand. He caught it in the mid in mid flight and threw it. Yeah, he he honestly the way he was playing last night reminded me of a Big Ben, who's one of my favorite players of all time. You know, I'm a big Pistons fan, and just yeah, the, yeah. the way he runs the floor and. And the crazy thing is, is I don't even think he's anywhere even close to 100%. He might he's be. He's about 70%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I was going to say he might be 75, 80, but it's probably like 70. And the way he was blocking shots, getting rebounds, mm-hmm. that's the one bummer to me as a basketball fan in, is in this series is that we, do, we don't see James Wiseman because that would have been fun to see the size of Wiseman for Golden State. He ain't ready. He ain't ready. He ain't ready. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He lighting the britches, man. You don't think he would have been a factor even if he was out? Too lighting the britches, man. That's a grown man. Well, that's speaking, a grown man. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking and speaking of grown men, I mean, Draymond, obviously his physicality, his energy, it can get under people's skin, but but I haven't seen Boston really play into that that hand. I they've stood I mean, up. I mean, let's go back to just last night, Mike. What they did is they hunted him. They hunted Draymond Green. I mean, like, like Jalen Brown, he getting mad when he knocked him down in game two. He just looked at him and said, okay, yeah. okay. And you saw what he did. He dropped 17 on him in that first quarter as Draymond Green being the primary defender. He hunted Draymond Green. Yeah. Like, and, dude, man, I ain't trying to hear that crap tonight, man. And to back up what you're saying, there was a play in the first half. And and I think it might have been if, if it if it wasn't right after the, the moment you're talking about where, where Brown was on his butt again, it was very similar to, to game two. You know, Draymond's mm-hmm. talking and mm-hmm. Jalen Brown came back, drove the lane, did like a Euro step, got bumped, and then did a floater right over top of him and scored. And, and like, looked at him like, dude, okay, okay, yeah. now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Man, I got this all night. I got some more of this for you, man, back here, man, all night. And they put up a stat, I think, where Brown um, has scored more points in the fourth quarter than any any NBA player this year. Something like that. I mean, and and and, and the way he plays, man, he's he's not afraid. Like, I feel like I feel like the personalities of him and Tatum mesh very well. And what's crazy is man, how many how many trade talks have we heard or rumors of Brown is man, going? Man, will you just chill, man? The man, I mean, as soon as they as soon as they got Danny Angels behind up out of there, man, you see what happened. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it would not have been a good move to move to split those guys up. And really, I mean, when you, when you look at the NBA today, too. Boston has everything you need. Like you, you mentioned it right at the top. When we started talking about the finals length. Everybody in the draft is trying to find a, a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. They, they want can to switch find- everything, man. That's the problem. The Boston Celtics can switch everything. They can switch all five positions. They can switch it. And I love watching Marcus Smart too, man. I, I mean, I, and that's another guy over the years, you know, is he going to stay in Boston? Is he not going to stay in Boston? I, to me, he's, he's really the emotional leader of that team. Brown and Tatum are the are the most talented guys on the team, but that dude is the heart and soul of that of that roster, and he's gotten better as a shooter. I mean, you have to respect him as a three point shooter, and he had he had a cold game too. Came yeah. back, hit some big shots in game three, and he he, he threw he prayed a couple of men last night, you know. But <laughs> but I I watched him working on his short range game, and that's what I liked. He worked on it, and he went from the paint out. He didn't start jacking up threes like he did in game two. He worked in. He worked the middle. He worked Steph Curry, man, like a drum. I mean, he worked him like a drum. 
left, right, jump hook, left, right, turn, Euro step. I mean, man, he had the whole, he had the whole kid and caboodle going last night. And then he stepped out, banked the three. And when you're banking the three, you know, everything is going for you. <laughs> then he hit a timely three from the corner, knocked it down, you know. So, you know, man, once you get that going, you know, the thing is, Boston don't need another star. All they need is the other guys that just to beat him. All I need is if, if Horford can give me 10, 12 points, I'm good. If if Robert Williams give me eight to ten points, I'm good. If Grant Williams can give me eight to ten points, I'm good. You know, if if Prayton Pritchard can give me eight to ten points, I'm good because I know these other dudes gonna drop twenty and twenty. You know. So let me ask you to put your coaching hat on right now. If you're Steve Kerr, after Game Three, right? You saw your dogs go off. I think I think Steph had thirty one. He had what fifteen in the third quarter. Clay has, you know, been up and down. He had 25 points. What, what do you do when you see your, your guys have a solid night like that? How do you adjust now? They're going to have to quit, man, the, the, the high screen and rolls, the, the pick and rolls, man, and they're going to have to get more to the motion because if you notice in, this, in game two, when they got their baskets, they did it off of motion, a lot of backdoor cuts and everything. So I look for a lot of action. So game two, game four, look for a lot of that action to, to, to happen to, for, for them to try to get more motion, to try to get – um, uh, Clay Thompson more wide open shots because if you notice, Clay had to he had to labor for those shots. Even Steph had to labor for those shots. He's dribbling. I think they're going to keep him more so out of a lot of more pick and rolls, more so, um, you know, and, and try to get more ball movement to try to get him wide open looks. That that that's going to be the the adjustment I think they'll make. So you think you, you know you think they win Game Four? You think no. it goes back to, to Golden no. State 2-2? I think, I think it'll be 3-1 going back to Golden State, and then I think it'll be 3-2. I think they'll win it in Boston. In Boston, I have to win it at home. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm happy it ended up being these two teams. I, I will tell you, being in Tennessee, I'm kicking myself for not – I mean, granted, we've had the pandemic and everything, but I'm like, man, those Memphis tickets are going to be hard to get, get now because mm-hmm. I, I love watching John Moran, dude. I love watching that dude play. Man, I love Dylan Brooks, man. I love I love Dylan Brooks. I love I love Clark. Uh, I love Brandon Clark. Um, I, I mean, I love slow motion, man. I mean, man, I, that team, these these kids get it, man. They get it. They get it. They get it. Um, I feel like they've got next. I feel like they're if they can keep that young core together and they can stay healthy. I feel like that's the team. That the key is the kid from Michigan State. If that kid can ever get, man, man, stay out of damn foul trouble. You know, if the kid from Michigan State stays out of foul trouble, you know, man, he is a matchup problem. He is one of those dudes that's like, really? You know, we don't have an answer for this cat because he can shoot it, you know, from from distance. And he's strong enough. He can take you down on the block and just take you to school. You know, if he can just stay, stay on the court, man. So before we close it out, man, to stay on basketball, by the time this comes out, you know, we'll be NBA draft territory. Um, you said the Boston Celtics will be the champion. I agree with you. So if we're wrong, we're wrong when this mm-hmm, comes mm-hmm, out. But I mm-hmm. think it'll be the Celtics too. And that's no disrespect to Curry. And no, not, not at all. Not at all. Thompson. Not I, just, at all. I just feel no. like Boston. I just think Boston's the better team. Yeah. Oops, hit my mic. Um, so let's let's talk NBA draft real quick at the top. I, w- I was a little bummed as a Pistons fan that they didn't get top three because I think Bancaro is not going to be there at five. But who would you take at number one if you're the Orlando Magic? I'm hearing Jabari Smith. I'm hearing Chet Holmgren. Who who would you take at number one? To me, the best player is Chet Holmgren. Now, but you got to look at what works for you. 
Now, if Jabari Smith works for you, I get it. But I know Chet Holmgren is that dude is a matchup problem. He he he's once they put some weight on him, he's gonna have the ability to, to light you up on the inside. He block he shot he he changes the, the, the game because he blocks shots. He can shoot it from distance and he's a playmaker. I mean, the, the dude is a I mean, he's a five-star guy, man. You know, yeah. he can hit, you know. So to me, Chet Holmgren is is a no-brainer. At number one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, cause e- even with everybody, I mean, Steph is, I think one of the, one of the catalysts for sure, if not the catalyst for the shooting that we see now, you know, when I was a kid, we wanted to lower the rims and dunk it. Now kids just want to <laughs> shoot it from 35 feet, yeah, you know? yeah, but he's a much. guy that, that you, like you said, you got to respect him from the outside. That is the one concern I have with him is he is, he is thin, but then I look at it and I go, well, let's look at other guys coming out. Kevin Durant was thin. He put on. Yeah, we still did. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man, man. Stop, yeah. man. Can it do score? Right, right. Can't do block shots. That's all I care about. Now, now, Detroit at five. Do you think? Do you think Ivy would be there? Because if he is, I think he's a great fit next to Cade Cunningham. I like what Detroit's doing, and I know you're probably going to shake your head a little bit. Listen, I, I'm not saying I, hey, I, I hey, like. I mean, they, you know, they got a lot of good pieces, man. A, a, a lot of young pieces. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of see an identity coming with with uh, with uh, Detroit. Um, Personally, I'm more intrigued with what San Antonio is going to do at nine. <laughs> okay, um, I'm hearing uh, number three is uh, a trade with Houston is um, very possible. Really, I'm 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 hearing that. So so you know, uh, in that case, uh, you know, Banchero would you know would that be you know a guy? I, I mean, like we man we. We, it seems we like got a, a lot of money cap. under the cap, man. I'm hearing the DeAndre Ayton, you know, they want they, they, you know, we were enamored with a big man for, for in the Popovich offense. And, uh, you know, a lot of young talent, man. So, you know, I guess we're poised to make that big move this year. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, hopefully they, they, they move on and show me what, uh, what they're saying. Um, but, uh, I shall see. Yeah, and I think I think this is one of those drafts too, man. Where I think a few years from now, there's going to be guys that go in that range at eight, nine, ten, eleven that people are going to go. Maybe they should have been top five, top six. Right, it's one right. of those drafts where I feel like where San Antonio is right now, even if they don't move up, they can still get somebody. And historically, they've always drafted well. Well, you know, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, it will. It definitely will. Well, Steve, to put a button on this thing, man, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm going to give you the floor and uh, let people plug or let you plug what you want to plug for the people. Keeping the real sports, keeping the real sports every Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. You can watch it on Steve's TV. That's Steve's TV with a Z. Or you can just watch it on Keeping the Real Sports TV. We got two sports channels, so you can just catch it there. Hey, Facebook, family, you can find me there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on all of your social medias, man, all of the above. And you can get us on Apple. So, man, hey, look, we're out there. You can look for us. You can find us. Keeping the real sports. Awesome. Steve, I appreciate you, man. Thank you appreciate so much. Thank you, brother. This anytime, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Same to you. You're welcome anytime on the show, dude. It's always great catching up with you. Peace. <laughs> Righty-dighty, there you 
have it. That was my conversation with my old friend and former colleague, Steve Taylor of Keeping It Real Sports. Make sure you go follow his YouTube channel, Steve's TV, and that is Steve's with a Z. The link will be in the podcast description for this episode. You can watch him and Andy Sanzada every week with Keeping It Real Sports on YouTube, giving you great sports talk. Like I said, these guys have awesome chemistry. They bounce off of each other really well. Everything from basketball to football to hockey to baseball to wrestling to UFC, boxing, you name it, they do it. Keeping It Real Sports on YouTube at Steve's TV. Steve, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, man. From back when I was 22 years old, when I met you, when I was very green and very new to broadcasting, coming out of college, to doing the show when it was Bauman's Breakdown, when I still lived in T-Town, to coming back on the show when I rebranded it as March 4th a couple years ago and was getting back into it during the pandemic, and now making your return with Keeping It Real Sports for episode 70 of March 4th. It's just awesome, man. You've supported me every step of the way. We've kept in touch even after I moved to Nashville, which it's crazy that I've been down here seven years now, man. But uh, I love you like a brother from another mother, man. I've learned a lot from you in broadcasting. You've really helped me with my confidence, as we've discussed previously. And, you know, broadcasting, just learning when to put stuff in when I was doing games, like that really helped me out. I had all my notes and I just, I wanted to get everything out right at the jump. And you helped me learn to slow it down just let the game flow, and just the fact that you had that confidence when you would come into the arena or you'd come into the stadium and knowing that you were going to be on your A game on play-by-play and I could bounce off you whether I was doing color commentary or you and Mick were in the booth and I was doing sideline reporting, you always gave me that confidence, man, and helped me believe in myself. So it's awesome to see you and Andy doing your thing with Keeping It Real Sports and I really hope the listeners of this show go check it out. Again, follow Steve's YouTube channel at Steve's TV. But uh, you've meant a lot to me in my broadcasting career, man. So I just think it's really cool that this synced up with episode 70 of March 4th because you're a guy that's meant a lot in my path, man. So I really appreciate it genuinely, man. And uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed that episode, you know, whether you're somebody who's in broadcasting, whether you're somebody who's not. Maybe you're just a sports fan. Maybe you're just a fan of me and in this show. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Steve's one of those people where we can go months without talking, and as soon as we start talking, we're chopping it up just like we used to do a decade ago when I was with Toledo Sports Network doing games with him, man. So um, he's, he's a guy that, like I said, he's got his own flavor with things, and uh, he's got his personality, and um, it's always good to talk to him about sports and about life and everything that he's got going on. He's an interesting cat. And like I said, keeping it real sports, I think is really, um, of all the stuff that, that, that I've done with him over the years and all the, the, the other things that he does, even music, I just think it's a, it's a great form of expression for him. You're seeing Steve really at his authentic sports self when he does keeping it real sports with Andy Sanzata, man. So definitely go check it out. And yeah, if you enjoyed the show, I would really appreciate it, even though I hate begging for this stuff. Please tell a friend to tell a friend about March 4th with Mike Bauman. You can subscribe. I'm on iHeart. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify, Amazon. You can tell Alexa to play March 4th with Mike Bauman, and she'll play it. Um, I'm on Audible, I believe, Podbean, the host site, obviously. So there's a lot of different places you can check out the podcast. The host site is march4th.podbean.com. Obviously, you're listening right now, so you found it somehow, whatever your favorite podcast app is. But I do know that on Spotify and on Apple, you can leave a rating for the show. 
Um, I would appreciate if it was five stars. <laughs> I don't know why you would leave a rating if you if you hated it. Uh, I'm not trying to be incendiary on here. You you know just don't listen to the show if you don't like it. You don't gotta you know hate hate it and leave a, a crappy comment. <laughs> but if you enjoyed the show. You can leave a rating and a review on Spotify. You also can do it on Apple if you have an iPhone. And what that does, you guys, is it helps these conversations get out to more people. It ranks higher when people are searching for shows. Mine is categorized, I believe, as music on all the major platforms because I have have mostly musical guests on this show. But nonetheless, if you took the time to like and subscribe and rate the show – It'll get this conversation out to more people, and then that's awesome because that means more people are going to find out about what Steve and Andy are doing with Keeping It Real Sports on YouTube, and their show will grow as well. So, you know, high tides raises all ships over here at March 4th, man. I'm a big believer in that saying. Jamie Josta from Hate Breed is the first guy that I've heard say that I love his show, The Josta Show. Go check it out if you're a metalhead like me. But uh, um, I'm out here trying to just lift people up with my voice and my platform, man, so... You know, it would be awesome if you guys could help this bad boy grow. Tell a friend to tell a friend and show some love and uh, do the same thing with Steve's show. But, uh, but yeah, episode 70 is in the books, man. I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens to the show, man. Uh, I, I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's really cool to see where this thing is going, to see the audience growing little by little over the last couple of years. And, um, I'm just, I'm just really excited about the future of this, of this thing. And, and it's just really cool that people are starting to find out about me and, and come to me with stuff too. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. And it's really humbling and I'm just incredibly grateful, man. So I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation and I hope it inspires you for your week, you know, to hit the ground running. And, you know, if you want to start a show or you want to start that, you know, bakery business or side hustle, whatever it may be, or maybe you just want to get in better shape or, you know, maybe you want to, you know, start running every week and, and, you know, you know, log a hundred miles over the summer, whatever the case may be, just remember every journey starts with that first step. So just take that first step. Don't let self-doubt and fear, you know, get you down or prevent you from, you know, getting out of the house and, and, and doing something with yourself, man. And that's as much for all of you as it is for me. You know, I'm somebody who has you know, spoken very openly on this show about my anxieties and my fears and my insecurities and my self-doubt, all of those things, man. And um, I've learned to believe in myself more along the way. You know, God has put people in my life like Steve Taylor and all of my buds at Toledo Sports Network who really changed my life and, and helped me come out of my shell with broadcasting. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for those dudes, man. So, you know, there, there's people along the way that, uh, you know, through God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, you know, we'll, we'll put you on the path that, that you should be on in this world, man. And, um, I got a lot to be thankful for. I got a lot to be grateful for at the time this comes out. We'll be coming up on the 4th of July here in the United States of America, which is obviously when we celebrate our independence. So I hope everybody has a safe and fun holiday and, uh, you know, just be good to each other out there, man. You know, be kind to one another. I say it at the end of every show as a tribute to my gramp, and I really mean it, man. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And I just feel like it's just, it almost seems like an alternate uni- universe some days, you know, when you look at all the crazy things happening. But, you know, keep in mind and just remember there are always good people. For all of the negativity that you see and the vitriol that you see and the bad stuff that you see, there's good people out there who are really trying to spread love and, and lift other people up. You know, people like Steve, um, you know, who's, who's meant a lot to me in my life and the guys at Toledo Sports Network, everybody over there. Uh, and, and, you know, those of you listening to this show, man, you know, if you're here 
you know, obviously you like the message of this podcast, which is to persevere and move forward. So just keep that in mind. You know, don't let the negative stuff get you down and, um, you know, use use your voice um, and, and you know, your energy to, to just impact people in a positive way. Um, that's, that's the best advice I can give anybody, man. So on that note, I'm going to wrap things up by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Steve, this is the song Be Strong from his band In Touch Regular. Peace.